Hey guys, welcome to the Highway to Heaven podcast. I'm Sophia. And I'm Yamira. <laughs> and <laughs> and oh today... Okay, so... Yes, what are we doing today? <laughs> Today's topic is vocations. This is our uh, part two and our little like mini series uh, on vocations. And so... Last week, you heard us talk about future husbands and the vocation of marriage and what that looks like and all that entails about praying for your future husband and being a good spouse. Um, So that's all great. And now today, we're talking about religious life um, and how we discern what our vocation is um, in religious life. So uh, Yomida's going to start us off with a prayer, and then we're just going to jump right into it. Okay, so in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Lord, we give you thanks for today. We pray that um, this podcast session touches the hearts that it needs to touch. We pray that we get clear, um, a clear idea of what our vocations are for each and every one of us, of, that you ask for us in our lives, Lord, whether it be uh, the vocation to marriage or the vocation to religious life. You've called each and every one of us for a specific purpose, for a specific mission. I just pray that you are able to reveal that to each and every one of us so that we may be able to do your divine will. Amen. Amen. Okay, so as I was um, preparing and kind of doing a little research on vocations (laughs) and religious life in particular, I came across this... Um, like, resource sheet, I guess you could say. It's like a cheat sheet on um, discerning your vocation. And it's on, it's, it's on Blessed Is She on their website. And I think it's on their, like, blog part. I think they have, like, a little thingy and you can pick. But I think it's on their blog. And so I started reading it. And they had a, a lot of good um, tips to help you discern uh, religious life. So I'm going to read through them and we can just kind of expand on them and then some of our own personal tips um, that we have. So the first one says, be not afraid. Ask the Lord to make his desires your desires. And I feel like with this, a lot of the times uh, we feel very pulled to both. We feel very, we're open to religious life, but we're also open to getting married. And Sometimes it could feel a little scary, like, oh, you don't know what you're going to pick. Like, you don't know, you don't want to make the wrong decision. Just know that you don't have to be afraid because whatever you end up choosing is already worked in God's plan. So the second one is creating a timeline. And this one I think is super, super important because um, one of my friends actually... I think told me about it. She was going to do a dating fast. And so what this means is you just take a time. (laughs) Well, no, not a timeline, but you, well, yeah, you make a timeline uh, of how many days you want this to last and you just get rid of all the distractions, all the, yeah, basically just all the distractions and immerse yourself into just this vocation. Like, just think that this is going to be your only vocation. And so learn all about it. Pray about it. I definitely recommend uh, getting a spiritual director. And I think that's one of the uh, things on the list. But 
really get a spiritual director. They're very helpful um, in helping discern your um, vocation, especially religious life. Um, and also, if your spiritual director happens to be either a priest or a nun, that's also super helpful um, because I've had a lot of good conversations, not necessarily my spiritual director, but a lot of conversations with um, people in the religious life, um, priests and nuns, and just their love for the Lord has drawn me so, like, I don't know, I'm just so drawn to the different ministries. Um, and so hearing their stories uh of how they came to the order or how they discerned their religious uh vocation it's very um inspiring and it helps a lot with your your decision uh the third one is pray so obviously you go to mass go to confession and just have time for yourself where you're thinking about this like really hard because this is kind of like a lifetime decision i mean you can always discern out but normally when you pick a vocation, that's your lifetime decision. So think about it like this is going to be your whole life. How is this going to work? Um, what, are, what are the charisms in this order? Do you like about them? How does that fit in your life? What do you think your special gifts are? And how can you contribute um, to this order? And so definitely praying about it. And I've noticed a lot. I'm a big writer. So I've noticed having a notebook of like all the the different things that are going through your mind during your discernment, all of the notes that you have on the different orders or anything really that involves your religious vocation. Uh, I found that very helpful. Research different orders and look into their charisms. Um, and like I said before, whatever your gifts and talents are, see how you can contribute them to this order um because there are different there are different orders there's cloistered which means basically you never leave the convent um there's also act active life i think it is and that's more missionary work uh i think it's more missionaries of charity and then um what was the order's name we were just talking about they were the Fran they weren't the franciscans no well franciscans are also part of an active because it depends like what type of franciscan there they are yeah but i mean like the girls they're also they're franciscans are they but there's clarations there's clarations like the sisters like from saint <laughs> oh my gosh my tongue has died um from saint claire of assisi like her order they're they're the claricians okay well yeah <laughs> do you know if they're cloistered or no no so okay. the cloistered nuns are like there's the Carmelite order has cloistered nuns um, the Dominican order does have cloistered nuns as well um, the Claritians I mean the ones that I met weren't cloistered um, because it's, we don't hear a lot about the cloistered nuns just because not everybody talks about them, but they're such a huge part of the church. Oh yeah. Because they make a huge commitment, um, and decision in their life when they decide to become a cloistered nun. 
um, that the way they're going to use their life is to be in constant prayer for the church and the whole entire world. So they give up the life that we're all accustomed to living of like going out and seeing our friends and seeing our family members. Um, a lot of these cloister nuns, like they spend years um, in the convent. They don't even get to see their family members um, unless the family members go and visit them. And if I'm not mistaken, like they have to ask for permission because it's not like you can visit them all the time um, because they do have other things that they do within the order. Like they have different roles and responsibilities. Um, yeah, I mean, religious life is very complex. Like, it's not just like, oh, yeah, like, I'm going to be a priest or I'm going to be a brother or a monk or a sister. Like, there's so much more to it. Um, and it's funny because there are times, like, the way that I see it for me, I feel like they do so much work. But I've heard them say, like, no, you guys, you guys as married couples, as as people who are in the world, you guys do more. And um, at the end of the day, like when we look at it, like in the lens of the church wise, like we're all a team because we cannot function without each other. I mean, the, the whole religious order is like really important um, to function with the laity, which is like the <laughs> you can cut that out. <laughs> she opens the filing cabinet. <laughs> that was like I was like I do not know. Like all I thought was like the dentist is coming back. <laughs> it's for me. The dentist is coming for me. Oh my god. Oh lord. But yeah, no, for sure. I don't even remember what you were talking about. <laughs> Me either. Okay, the next. Uh, that next just thing. I was I went straight to panic mode. <laughs> I know your face. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I was like, no. Another thing that I have um, known that not known, but realize it's very helpful is to also talk to people who are discerning as well um not only people in the religious life but friends um because I know some of my friends like we're both kind of torn between um marriage and religious life and so having each other and keeping each other like accountable and encouraging each other to just continue to discern and uh, continue to look around into different orders um, has been really helpful. I know one of my friends, like, we had talked about vocations maybe, like, four or five months ago, and we were like, we're going to do a dating fast, and we're just going to, you know, I mean, because I, like, I know I'm not ready to date and stuff. I just, I'm not even at that stage of life. I can't even process that, but um, for me, I was just, like, kind of getting rid of and avoiding all distractions um but 
I obviously fell through. Like we were like, we'll do it for a month, and I I don't know, maybe she continued it. I never really asked her, but I didn't. I was just like, whatever. And so, so when we would like go out and stuff, I'd be with my friends, and I was like, oh my gosh, that guy's so cute, whatever. And all of my friends, when I were like, I thought you were on a dating fast. You can't be saying that. I was just gonna say that um, talking about the the dating fast. So the focus missionaries, they um. They actually do the dating fast as well. Um, I've actually met a couple of them that were that have done the dating fast because it's part of like, I think if I'm not mistaken, is when they make that first commitment to be missionaries, um, they have to do it for I think it's a year or two. I don't know the exact um, amount of time that they have to do the dating fast for, but they do do it, and they're like. Um, I mean, part of it is also so, like, they're available to oh, yeah. their ministry. But also, like, so they're ordering their desires, you know? Like, I mean, we all need to learn how to order our desires. And that's also part of the religious life itself. It's, like, you have to learn who you are as a person to see how, like, your life can be a gift to other people. Yeah, and I feel like if you are going to become a missionary, that's kind of like having strings attached in a way. So, because I, I think with focus, they like go places, right? So not having those like strings attached. Uh, I think. No? I think it depends because like, so focus missionaries, focus missionaries, if I'm not mistaken, they are, they all have to, they all belong to a campus. So like to a university, because that's right. what they do. They're. They're, they're university missionaries, so they belong to a specific campus for a specific time frame, and they obviously then do, like, mission work. Their mission work is the campus itself, I would say. That's their land. And then wherever they're sent, because they, they do get to be moved to different universities. Um, like, I know that, like, now focus is, like, in Scotland, was it? Or Romania, yeah. like it, it's expanding. Yeah. That's awesome. Very rapidly. Yeah, that's awesome. It is. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And I think missionaries are another thing. I mean, you can also be a missionary without having to go into a religious life, or you can do both and be like a missionary or a charity. That could. That's also pretty cool. But I feel like I don't know. I feel for me now, kind of just thinking about that makes it like a three-way kind of pulling myself to because I do so I'm in a ministry right now I'm a part of a ministry in Nashville right now and I'm really enjoying like the things that I'm doing with them I really love it um I'm not I don't really consider it as missionary work just because I don't know I haven't really ministered or gone out in a way I don't know when I think missionary I'm thinking like you get sent to like some random place and I don't know, but I've been able to give talks and I feel like more of a speaker, I guess, in a way. Um, but I've really just enjoyed being with them and learning more about the actual group. Uh, and so I feel like with that, I didn't really expect I would be a part, uh, like a part of it. I think it was just praying about it and and like thinking of their charisms like I love their huge love for the Holy Spirit like that was a really big thing that drew me to them um 
another thing is just how involved they are with the youth. I just, oh my gosh, I love that. And I love being able to talk to high schoolers and just kind of be at the same level and life that they're going through. And so that's made it easy um, for me to, I think, minister to them. But just looking at the order or ministry or the thing you want to be a part of and kind of breaking it down, looking at the charisms and just seeing where God takes you, honestly. At the end of the day, he's going to put you where he thinks or he knows that you need to be. So don't worry so much about it. Um, I feel like that's probably one thing I would tell my uh, pat like past self or like younger self um yeah younger self um is to just not worry so much about the future and like what your vocation is because some people still don't know what their vocation is and they could be in their I don't know early 20s or in their 40s or you know you never know um and so just relying on God and just giving him your vocation and allowing him to take you where he he needs you to be is a very huge thing and just trusting in him's bottom line just trusting in him especially with your vocation um but yeah do you have anything to add to that yeah i mean also to take into consideration like to always leave the door open for the lord because there's so many wonderful things that come out of all these vocations like, just thinking about, like, consecrated life. So, like, a lot of people, like, wonder, like, do you have to be part of a community or do you have to be single? And for consecrated life, you can do both. Like, you can live your consecrated life um, as a solita- as solitary or you can be part of a community. And the cool thing about the consecrated life is that they take um, evangelical vows. And the vows are poverty, chastity, and obedience which is, like, pretty insane. Yeah. Because not everybody likes the poverty aspect or the chastity aspect or the obedience. Yeah. Um, and that those are things that are, like, super awesome to think about because, I mean, it's not just saying, like, oh, I, I want to be a nun or, oh, I just want to be a brother or, oh, I just want to be a monk. Um. Or I just want to be a priest. Like, it's not that easy. Um, like, for example, when we compare it to the marriage life. So in the marriage life, like, you can be dating someone. And within six months, you can be like, hey, I want to get married. And then you probably have to wait about six more months to technically get married through the church. Because you have to go through the um, through the classes. Like, the I forget the specific name. Um, but you have to go through specific classes through the church to be able to get married through the church. I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to remember So the it name. takes about six months or so. Um, I, RCIA yeah, is for, that's but not for, example, for it. That's not. No, the RCIA is for, is for those who have not completed their sacraments. Right. And then they need to complete them or mm-hmm. they're coming into the church. Because it's the ride of... It's like <laughs> I'm marriage, today. marriage counseling or something, right? No, that's not it either. Uh, and then NFP's natural family planning. So that has nothing to do with that. 
Oh my gosh, how I but know it's this word. Natural farming plant is part of it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I can't remember. But when I remember, I'll mention it, I guess. And I'll just come back and be like, squirrel, this is it. This is the word, you know? <laughs> but at the moment, I can't remember. Anyways, my point was that the difference between the marriage life and the, the, the men and women who decide that they want to become a priest or a nun, brother, or monk, um, they literally have to go through like they have a, a longer time frame I would say of formation to enter um, an order like for example the priest it takes them seven years to even become a priest you know um, for the brothers it's the same thing for the nuns as well like they have to go through through formation like this is a decision that is not just taken like oh yeah like today I'm gonna wear a dress or Today I'm going to wear pants, you know, like it's not yeah. taken that lightly. Um, there's more to it. Um, and especially if you're going to be part of a community, a lot of religious orders are in community. Like they live together with fellow brothers or fellow sisters. So when you see these men and women, like they were courageous in their yes to the Lord and in their boldness to live out the love that they have for the Lord and for the church. Um, but they also did not take this very lightly. Like this was something that was like really ingrained in their heart, I would say. So yeah, that was my two cents. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever sat down and like really thought of religious life as a vocation for you? I would say yes. Um, I thought about it, especially just being a cradle Catholic. I mean, so like looking like, so growing up, my, my grandparents um, have always been involved in the church. They're like huge Catholic, um, they're a huge Catholic couple. My, one of my uncles, so my mom is one of three. She's the only girl and she has two brothers. So one of her brothers actually went to the seminary. So when I was little, I grew up him um, living in Spain, attending seminary. So to me, that was normal. Um, and then he had like, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was like a year or so left. Um, and it was in that year that they give, um, the seminarians the time to like have a sabbatical and think like, is this really what they want to do for their life? Right. Um, he, made the decision not to continue and not to become a priest. Um, but to me, that was like normal is to be around religious people, like religious orders and stuff. Like um, my family, like apart from my uncle being in the seminary and always like coming dressed up and everything, like that was always cool to me. Um, and bringing cool stuff from Spain. <laughs> um was that we also had a lot of um nuns that were that would hang out at our house a lot of priests so being around people and habits that to me was like normal so I I I was never like um like it wasn't foreign to me so it's just part of life for me um so then growing up like then we moved here to Florida and then 
my mom wasn't as active and then she became active later on in life um, with the church again. And then even like, I was, I mean, I wasn't as, as a young kid, you know, you get rebellious and you're just like, I don't want to be part of this. Um, so I was growing up, I like was like, I don't want to do any of this or whatnot, especially when I was in high school. And then when I went off to college, like I, I would think about it here and there, um, especially because of the relationships that I've always had with, with various like priests and sisters, um, that I always thought, hey, like I'm never closing that door. But there was this one conversation that I did have with my biological dad and he was like, over my dead body that you become a nun, like that's not okay. Um, and that kind of like scared me a little bit. And then I was like, maybe not a nun. <laughs> um, but later on, like <laughs> when I was at, like during my college years, like I thought about it and I've always been like, could that be a possibility? Could it not? Like, I've never fully closed a door, but I've never found an order that I feel would be where I would want to be for the rest of my life. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but... No, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it I mean, it's a, yeah. it's a huge commitment regardless, you know? Like, even for marriage, like, it's a commitment. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, though. I feel like... If you deep dive into orders and you start looking, I mean, always it's always good. I don't remember who told me, but they're like, dude, that's always so good that you're drawn to both because that means you are open to whatever God wants in your life. And I really think that just looking at the religious orders around you or maybe some that are far away from you, um, just look into them and maybe set up a time where you go and spend time with one of them or if you know anybody who uh is a nun or a priest talk to them more because this past so this past weekend there was a mother-daughter retreat in my neighborhood and so there was the two franciscan friars that came from new york um to give us some talks and i talked to both of them and just just their presence, just their personality. I was like, oh my gosh, I want to become a nun in the religious order. Um, that's for the girls, but still a part of like theirs. It was beautiful and they were just so sweet. And I got to ask like all the questions that I've been wanting to ask and they were answering them and it was really nice. But definitely just taking time and getting to know the different orders and just being open. Our honestly the two biggest things that I would um, encourage and recommend to all of you guys listening and then just pray prayer is a huge huge thing in discernment and I was reading today when I was researching it says one of the websites that I found it says pick three saints one who was a religious one who was married and one who was a consecrated single and so with picking these three you um start praying to them and asking them to help you um guide you and direct you into you know your discernment process and i think that's a really beautiful idea i had never really thought about that i had just basically been praying to my like best friend saints i guess but picking three that like the ones that are coming to my mind right now are religious i'm thinking about it he's like my best friend and then 
marriage, I'm thinking St. Therese's parents, which uh, was Louis and Zaley, and then consecrated single. Uh, who's a consecrated single? I would. I don't know. I mean, would it be like. Oh, most of the saints are single. Um, <laughs> would it be like. That's a really good question. Um, maybe St. Clair of Assisi or St. Francis of Assisi, or would they? Yeah, but they were religious. The, yeah, they're religious. religious. Let me see. Okay. Um, I would say Chiara. Chiara's one. Yeah, she but wasn't, wasn't she like she 17? A nun. That's what you're going to. When it comes to saints that have been. that are famous within the church. Yeah, dude, that's strange. I guess you could say Saint Zita. She's a patroness of single Jesus. women. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Jesus was a consecrated single. He was the OG. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. Can't believe you didn't think of that. <laughs> I guess you could say John the Baptist too, then. Yeah, but I guess you can also say St. Clair of Assisi, St. Francis. These were single, consecrated people, regardless but they were, that they were part well, of the religious yeah. order. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> okay, um, okay, so since we were talking about the religious life and meeting some of the sisters or priests and just talking to them uh i was given the opportunity to work alongside actually several times in my life uh work alongside the missionaries of charity and i always said that if i were to become a nun i would become a missionary of charity just because i love their charisms i love that they're constantly working with their hands they're not like just praying all day um and so just being with them it was so nice like they were just so funny and so sweet and sometimes i put them on like such a high pedestal like they're not even humans they're just like so holy but at the same like being with them it really helped me because i was like wow like we went to aldi and we went to pick up food for the kids that we were going to feed and so we just hung out and we were laughing and one of the sisters Oh my gosh, crazy driver. I love it. It was awesome. And it was just, it was so much fun being with them. And they were just cracking jokes together. And it, it brought them more to a human level. Like, okay, these are actual people. Like, they're not super high up on a pedestal. I mean, they are holy and they're trying to lead holy lives, but at the same time, they're human. And so, I don't know, realizing that with being with them also helped me a little more and grown love more uh the religious life um but yeah i really i really love the missionaries of charity and i don't know where god is leading me but definitely talking to them has helped me just because it is a order that i really like and getting to know them more um it helped me decide a little better um what orders i did like that's awesome that's really awesome. Um, I know that when I was like in high school, MTV had done like a special on um, like on nuns. Like, yeah, I think it was it was it was specifically because it was it was girls who were 
discerning if they wanted to become nuns or not. And, like, that's when I first found of, like, the nun run. And I've met, I have, I've met a couple of girls that have done it. So whoever's interested in becoming a nun, you know, you can, you can test it out. Like, you can see, like, there's so many orders within the United States itself. And if you think of the other side of the world, like, in Europe and everything, and, like, Asia, there's so many orders because the Catholic Church is so diverse in the sense that there's so many people because it's so universal that there's something for everybody. Like, there's a specific charism for every single person out there. Um, like, just thinking about, like, the Sisters of Life, like, they're just mm. so full of life, you know? Like, you meet them, and they're always so happy, and they're always smiling, and the mission that they do, and, like, the stories that you hear um, of the people they help. Um, so, like, cool story about, like, the sisters of life that are in New York. Um, I had actually gone to a retreat, and they were one of the, like, two of them were, were part of the retreat, um, and one of them was, like, my table leader, and um I gave them my name and whatnot and like they took it and they saved it whatever and then there was this one day that there was a a girl they were helping uh who lived in New York and was moving to Florida and had nobody to stay with and she was pregnant she was with a pregnant with a girl and it's so nice how like I was able to connect with her to this day like her and I still talk um but I was able to meet her her daughter um, I try to help as much as I could, um, but just just the fact that, like, through them, I was able to meet this random woman, yeah. <laughs> and to this day, we, like, still keep in contact. I mean, now she lives in Poland, because she's originally from Poland, so she ended up moving back to Poland, but That's she awesome. came from New York, like, how crazy, wow. you know? Um, and, like, thinking of, like, like... There's just so many nuns that I've met from so many various orders that have been so amazing. Um, I'm trying to think, like, because there was a sister, and she was she was part of the... I'm not sure if it was Franciscan or Claritian, but, like, she dressed normal, like, how anyone would dress. Um, so you would never guess she was a nun, but... The way she lived her life, she was always so happy, always was laughing. Um, but she did, well, she was also very serious. So she would, like, call you out if you did something wrong. But there's so many various orders. I mean, like, whew, I wish I could name them all. But one, I do not know them all. <laughs> yeah. And two, like... There's just so many. Like, I know, um, like, I have a, a friend of mine who's a brother, and he is a Franciscan brother, and now he's going going for formation to become a priest. So it's pretty cool, like, how, how varied the church is and just how there's yeah. opportunities for every single person out there. Like, the Lord really thought about it, everything in detail. Because even looking at the saints and how they live their life, you know, like my saint, for example, for confirmation, she was married, St. Elizabeth and Seton. Yeah. And then she ended up being 
like a huge saint for the United States because she started an order for for sisters. Like she started her own convent. So it's really cool. Like when you start like reading about all these saints and learning the lives and seeing what they did. We're all capable. Yeah, yeah we are. That's beautiful. I um I definitely yeah. did you say it was the nun run? What was it? The sister run or something? Yeah. I'm definitely gonna look well, into that because that the, sounds awesome. The girl that I know that did it was nun run. Oh, okay. Yeah, you should yeah. and then tell us all about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> sounds so awesome. And you know, like it doesn't hurt to try something new. Even if that's not your vocation, at least you experienced it experience what they live like their mission their charisms like how they prayed how how they are with each other like that's not a bad thing and that's really good to know um even if you decide that marriage is your vocation but i saw a quote the other day actually that i really liked from pope francis and it says vocations are born in prayer and from prayer and so after reading that that kind of like encouraged me a little more to pray harder for my vocation and for um guidance and um and to trust more in god uh in deciding my vocation because prayer is our number one communication with god and if you're talking to him about your vocation and your struggles and your worries about it he's gonna help you um so yeah oh yeah and one one thing to always keep in mind for you for anyone deciding what their vocation is, is how do I make a gift of self? And then just bring that to prayer. Like, how do I make a gift of self, Lord? Help me understand what is it that you want of me? Help me, like, guide me towards the road you want me to go. Um, and there's so many resources out there for the discernment of vocation. Like, you had mentioned earlier, Blessed is She has the tips. Um, if you go on Ascension Press, Father Mike Schmidt talks about discernment and vocation. Um, and he's an awesome uh, priest who explains things so amazingly. Um, and I would also say, like, reach out to your local, local priest. Um, they have so much knowledge. Uh, or reach out to your local nuns because they also have a lot of knowledge. And if you're interested in becoming a brother or monk, like dig for it. <laughs> yeah. Like it's out there. I don't know much of like how you can find them, but in this time and age, I mean, you can find them online if they're not oh, yeah. locally around you. I also recommend listening to talks on YouTube. I have seen a bunch. There's actually one by, I think, Sister Bethany Madonna. I think that's her name. Mm -hmm. And she is a sister of life. And her story of her discernment was amazing. And from time to time, I listen yeah. to it just to, to encourage myself and just to realize, you know what? Continue to stay the course and praying about your vocation because that's a really awesome video. And you know what? I'll have it linked because... It's, it's really helpful. Um, and just read different books. Go online. I'm sure there are many books um, from different Catholic uh, writers and speakers. And I think there are some of the saints 
who talk about um, discerning what is your vocation and just steps and practical ways to help you, um, not only um, with praying and stuff, but also practical steps into achieving that goal. And I would also, I would also say that to not complicate things, because you know we we all live in a very complicated world where the world says one thing and the church says another. Um, I would also say like bring to prayer because I mean prayer is the, the base of it all. Um, so I would say like bring to prayer like Lord, how do you want me to love you? Do you want me to love you through a spouse and through kids and show my love for you through that? Um, do you want me to love you in committing my life to the church being my spouse um, or to the world being my spouse? You know, what is it that, how is it that you want me to love you and to express that love? Because I think that when we focus and route like our, like everything within, within us towards the Lord, then everything kind of like flows towards the direction that it needs to flow. So if, if you focus your prayer so it's not too much, I would say like, Lord, just teach me how to love you and show me how you want me to love you. And then I think everything will fall into place. But I would also be say like, don't ever get discouraged because just making that simple choice of loving the Lord, whether you are, you decide to get married or become a priest, sister, brother, or, or such. I mean, Life is still going to be complicated. Life is still going to be complex because we're all humans. We're all complicated. Um, just because you choose one vocation does not make it easier because every vocation has its struggles um, and its issues. And when you make this decision, the only reason that any vocation like lasts is because you made it with the correct heart and mind and you also gave space for the Lord to act within you because we cannot function or like things cannot function properly without the Lord. And that's how things break so easily when we don't just like, we need to orient ourselves towards the Lord. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Well, I hope and you I guys think vocation some- is ongoing regardless. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that regardless, vocation is an ongoing thing. Like, even after you get married, like, it's still ongoing. Yes. Or you choose a religious life. True. True, true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Well, I hope you got something from hearing us rant about how amazing religious life is and why you should discern it. Um, and yeah, that's all we got to say because, hey man, this is your personal journey and not all of these things are going to maybe work for you. So just pick and choose what you think is going to help you. Um, but yeah, definitely talk to your spiritual director or people around you that you trust and ask them what they think you should also do, um, in achieving your goal and your vocation. So I'm so glad you guys heard this episode. Um, follow us on Instagram and uh, you can send us your prayer request or any questions that you have um, so we can talk about. But uh, but yeah, 
See you guys in heaven. Bye.